morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. It's a great day to be alive, and I'm glad that you're joining me here on the show for six points at 6 a.m. I'm going to give you some encouragement, some scripture, and we're going to learn about how to win in the battles of life. Today, the title of our show is The Battle is the Lord's. Every day we go through things. Every day we are victorious over things. And today I'm going to give you six points why God's battle is in the, or your battle is in the midst of God's hand right now. And he'll be victorious with you. And it'll be, you'll be an overcomer because of what he has already done for you. It's great to see you this morning. Turn with me in your Bible to 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. We're going to start there. And I want to encourage you to get a Bible, grab a notepad. I've got six points. You know, I, I introduced this six points at 6 a.m. so you can stay along with me. You can go back and study. I'll give you six points that you can read or use scripture references and be able to encourage you and, and even study deeper into what we're talking about this morning. But the title of today's show, again, is The Battle is the Lord's. I want to encourage you in this. Let's pray, and then we're going to get right into the, into the Word. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this day. We give you the first fruits of our day, everything that we have today, everything we have going on, every battle we have going on, everything that we have going on, whether it's uh, time with our family, whether it's work, whether it's uh, jobs that we have to do, businesses we have to be involved in, whatever the capacity is that we have to do today, we give this time to you first. And we thank you, Lord, for being with us, being in the midst of us. We thank you, Lord, for helping us. And I pray over every person listening this morning or whatever time or day of day that they're listening and watching. Lord, I ask that you'd help them now. You'd encourage them now. You'd strengthen them now. You'd give them the ability to see the future and the hope that you have for them. Today's not it. There's more for them in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord, for the victory. We call ourselves victors, overcomers, more than conquerors in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I hope you've been blessed this morning so far. Let's get into the word together, and I'm thankful for you joining the show. As always, be sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter. I give you detailed notes about what I've uh, what we went through in the morning, and we go. Uh, we've got newsletters that are going to go out, and then I've got a weekly recap that will begin to go out at the end of the week to give you a recap of what we went over for the week, as well as some updates, maybe about some things that are going on in our world, in our society. Uh, this Friday, I want to encourage you to tune in if you watch live to a show uh, that I'm going to be talking about some of the things that are going on in our world, in our society, just some thoughts that I have towards it, probably use some scripture reference as well, but I want to encourage you to jump onto that as well. And as always, subscribe on the podcast channels. A lot of people listen. We have more listeners than we do actually that watch even watch live or watch on the YouTube channel, but a lot of people subscribe to the podcast channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, you know, the podcasts that are available on there, Pandora, any 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 area that you can watch a podcast on, we're on that. So be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts as well and sign up for the email. You can go to dylanmaverick.com for that. So turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Point number one, we are in a battle. This is, again, the title of today's message is uh, The Battle is the Lord's, and we are in the midst of a battle. How do we know that? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that. Jump down to verse 3 with me. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So the Bible tells us that we are in the midst of a war. Now, I remember when I was a kid, I was at a, we were at a pizza shop with my grandfather, I can remember this. Is, there's a lot of the weird things that I remember a lot of times, but I can remember this vividly. 
I was with my grandfather. He was a World War II veteran. And I remember sitting with him, my sister. It was just the three of us. And we were at this pizza shop in Benel, Florida. And we were discussing just how he was a, a war veteran. I was very, very young. I don't know how old, probably I don't know, maybe five or six years old, seven. But I can remember this vividly sitting at the table, you know, the the red and white checkered tablecloth that was on it, you know, just a vivid memory of mine. But he told me we were asking him about war and how he was a veteran of war. Good morning to everybody. Thank you guys. I don't want to I acknowledge you guys that are on. I don't want you to think, but I, I, I pay attention to these podcasts that are a recording. Not everybody watches live, so I want to make sure. Um, I can greet the people that do watch live. Thank you guys for joining. I appreciate you being on. It's great to see you. Um, but we're sitting at the table and we're asking about his, you know, as a veteran. And we asked him, what what did you do in war and what all these different things? And he went into some detail. But I remember this vividly. He explained to me the difference between battle and war. He said, Dylan, war is a the World War Two was a worldwide phenomenon it was a worldwide event every country that's why they call it world war there were multiple i wouldn't say every country but there were multiple multiple countries involved in this war he said but war is not a people picture war i can remember this so clearly because that that's how i understood the first time i understood what war was and what took place he said war is not something that takes place on a battlefield War is a is something that's encompassed all uh, that encompasses multiple battles. That's what war is. He said there may be battles in this country. There may be, may be another battle in this country, and they all take place in different places. But war is made up of multiple battles. And I can remember that vividly. Well, the same thing for your life. You are in the midst of a war and the victory already belongs to you and to me. The victory of that war belongs to you. It belongs to me through the work that Jesus did. But you have battles that you go through on a regular basis. And point number one, I want you to write this down. Point number one is we are in a battle. We're in war, but we're in a battle. And we're constantly at battle with things. The battle that we face, though, our warfare, the Bible says in verse 4 of 2 Corinthians 10, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. So the battle that we have is made up of different types of tools. We're going to get into that in a second. But point number one is we are at war. We are in a battle. Whether you like it or you don't, whether you want to receive it or you don't want to receive it, that's that's irrelevant, to be honest with you. The fact of the matter is we are at war. We're in the midst of a war. We will continue to be at war until the end of time. But here's the great thing. The war has already been predetermined. You have been a victor. You've been chosen a victor. You've received victory because of what Jesus has done. But the battles that we continually go through day to day, we must win with the Lord's help. So number number one, we are in battle. Number two, spiritual battles require spiritual weapons. Turn with me over now, uh, same verse, but into verse four. For the weapons... That means within war, you've got to have weapons. Certain wars at certain times in history maintained certain types of um, certain types of uh, arson, um, what do you call it? Weaponry, you know, and different types of equipment. And there were arsenals and different infantry and there was uh, uh, equipment that went along in those types of battles. And as time has progressed. The more technology that's come out, the, the more technical and uh, detailed and, and smart the weapons have become. You'd be amazed some of these weapons like the, the Jewish community. They're the most 
they have one of the hit, one of histories and the world's most dynamic weapons that's ever been made. Uh, if you if you go research the um, I forget the name of it. Someone could help me if you're in the comment section. But there's a there's a system that Israel has created that literally by itself without anybody using it fights off missiles and bombs that try to attack their city because Israel is a very small, uh, very small community. Ben, Ben told me, uh, wrote in here, it's the Iron Dome. That's right. That's what it's called. It's called the Iron Dome. It's the most advanced technical system that's ever been created. I don't want to get too far into eschatology and end times things, but Israel is one of the most hated places on earth by the uh, the enemy, we would say, which is the Gentile, quote, not the Gentile world, but the, the world that's against Christianity. They hate Israel. And God has gifted this ability to create this Iron Dome technology that defends that city. Well, that's a, that's a, that is a weapon for that warfare, right? America doesn't need that weapon. We're not constantly being bombed right now. Now, if that was, we'd probably, we'd probably um, acquire that type of technology to protect our land. I don't know what the, the government heads that we have, who knows what they would do. They probably wouldn't be smart enough to do that. We'd probably have to get some um, average people that ha- use their brains to protect our land because our country leaders seem to think it's necessary to just let everybody and anybody uh, into our country, which isn't the case. But the reality is this technology that protects Israel, the Iron Dome, was invented by um, a Jewish people, gifted by God. This idea came to them, and they created it, and it literally protects their land without them having to put a hand to it. Well, that's tech. That's that's weapons of the warfare that they're in. Well, you're in my weapons that we're in. That the warfare that we are involved in are spiritual weapons. You can't win the battles that you're in with weapons that we fight in today's world with. You can't use the the weapons that everybody uses in the world to fight the natural battle you can't use guns you can't use contracts you can't use uh, you know means of manipulation and money to win in the warfare that we're talking about this is a spiritual warfare which will take spiritual weapons that's what it says in second corinthians 10 and 4 the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Turn with me into Ephesians chapter six, talks about another type of weapon. So number one, we're in a battle. Number two, spiritual battle is what we're in and spiritual battles require spiritual weapons. Ephesians, turn with me to chapter six, verse 12. Very popular verse about the weapons that are equipped to us or the armor that's equipped to us. But listen now. It says, put on the whole armor of God uh, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. Underline this in your Bible or take a note of this. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. In other words, we don't wrestle against physical, tangible things. We've, we wrestle or our warfare, our battle that we're in is against these particular things, principalities, powers, and rulers, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Those are the four things that Paul highlights in the book of Ephesians that we are up against, principalities, powers, 
rulers of the darkness, and spiritual hosts of wickedness. These are not enemies that you can take down with weapons, guns, and knives, missiles, bombs. These are enemies that can only be handled in the battle that you're in. Well, didn't Jesus win the victory? He did. The war has been won, remember. But there's battles in the midst of this war that you're in constantly, lest you forget that the Bible is written to you and to me, to the church today. We're in the midst of these battles. And the battle is the Lord's. He's, he accompanies you. Uh, Billy, my friend Billy Mortensen, encouraged me on this uh, topic yesterday while we were I talked to him a little bit yesterday. And this topic that the Lord is with you through everything. The battle is the Lord's. It's not yours to win. It's yours to fight. Remember that. God's the one that is the victor. I don't want to get too ahead of my notes. But God is the victor. And he's the one that brings the victory. You just do the fighting. You're just there. So number three, God is with you in the midst of this battle. Just like you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were cast into a fire. They were, being, they were standing up for God. They refused to bow their knee to the government, to the uh, mandates, to the what's happening. I'm going to, and I'll, again, tune into my show, what in the world is going on. I want to talk to you about some of these things and, and just share my heart with some of you about uh, what's going on in our society today. But they, they refused, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow to King Nebuchadnezzar and his command. So it's basically the government. And they were, there were mandates from the government. And they refused. And they were cast into a, a, a pit to be killed. And when they looked down in that pit that they should be dying in, there was four men in that fire, not three. And that fourth man in the fire, we know to be Jesus. It was him standing, God standing with them. And God stands with you in the midst of that battle. So number, two, so number three, point number three, is God is with you. You're not fighting this battle alone. God is with you. He's in the midst of this fight. He's in the midst of the battle with you. It's not you on your own by yourself. You have someone accompanying you. Your iron dome is God accompanying you through this fight, through the fight as you go through. And the victory's already won. It's already there. So your contentment in the midst of the battle should be that you know at the end you're going to win. Think about that through whatever you go through. You already know that you're going to win at the end. It may There may be some, um, some challenges, but that doesn't mean that that's the end. That means that you're in the midst of progressing towards victory. That's a good line. Write that down. Challenges don't mean that you're losing. It means you're progressing to victory. It does, that's all that it means. And we got to remind ourselves a lot. I'm talking to myself too and to you. We have to remind ourselves that challenges don't mean that we're losing. It just means you're on the way to victory. You're almost there. It's almost to the point where you can possess the victory. So number three, God is with you in the midst of the battle. Number four, it's our job to prepare for the battle. It's God's job to bring the victory of the battle. Write that down. Number four, it is our job to prepare for the battle, and it is God's job to win the battle. I want to remind you of a story in 1 Samuel 17 of David, a young man, David. He was a shepherd, a young shepherd boy, being groomed with Paul, or I'm sorry, not Paul, but rather Saul, King Saul, being groomed in his midst as an armor bearer, and comes out to a battle, long story paraphrased, comes out to a battle where there's a giant from the Philistine army that's tormenting the Israelite army, that they should be having victory in the midst of this thing. But this Philistine is tormenting the uh, Israelite army. And David comes out, 
challenges this, uh, this giant and says, I am in the midst of, uh, of what you're screaming at us and you're trying to tell us that you're going to kill us, but I'm not coming to you alone or with swords, with spears, with shields, with armor. I'm coming to you with the host of our army, and that's the Lord God. I'm coming to you to fight, but I'm prepared. He was prepared. He picked up his stones. He had a slingshot with him. He had prepared for this battle. How do I know he prepared for this battle? Well, you don't just pick up a slingshot and know how to use it, especially those. It wasn't one of those elastic ones. The, the slingshot in those days were not the type that you and I would use from you know the, the magic store down the street where it's two sticks and a rubber band in the middle of it. This was a, a, a weapon of war, and he used this slingshot before. I mean, he had encounters with bears. He had encounters with animals that would try to steal his flock, and he protected his flock. So it's no stretch of the imagination to believe that David had used this weapon. So he was prepared beforehand for the battle that came, but it was the Lord. He even said the Lord will destroy the, it, this battle is the, the Lord's battle. We're fighting on behalf of the Lord. He is the one that brings the victory. It's not because of me and your ability. It's because the Lord is in the midst of it, but it doesn't mean that you don't come prepared to the battle. You should be prayed up. You should be reading the word. You should be encouraged by the things of God. When, a, when I see this happen a lot of times with people is they don't spend any time praying or if they spend any at all, it's very small amounts of time praying, building their faith with the word, getting poured into them, preaching and teaching of the word, encouraging themselves with the things of God. Then in the midst of a battle that they go through, they completely crumble under pressure because they don't have any foundation to them. That should not be you. You should stay encouraged and stay in the word faith built up on the things of God, praying in the Holy Ghost. The book of James tells us to pray in the Holy Ghost and it will build our faith up. That should be you on a regular basis. You shouldn't be in the midst of a battle and experience or, or need to have yourself encouraged in the midst of a battle. You're going to need to be encouraged. You're going to need to be empowered. You're going to need to be strengthened. You're going to need to be prepared. At times where you have to be to do the preparing, to do the encouraging. In other words, be in church, be around preaching and teaching of God's word, pouring the word into yourself, um, studying from notes that you've taken from previous messages, praying in the Holy Ghost. Those that's the time you're preparing, you're practicing with your slingshot. Those are the important times. But it's not in the midst of the battle that you should be getting ready. You should be prepared for that battle when the battle arises, but it's not you who wins the battle. Now you're just prepared within the midst of it. It's God who brings that victory. Just like when Moses parted the sea, he didn't part the sea with his own ability. He was prepared. He stretched out his hand, but God is the one that brought the power, the ability to do the supernatural thing through his hand. But it was he who was there. He was ready. He was equipped and he went to work and took action, and God brought the victory for him. So 1 Samuel 17 is a reference, but number four, it is our job to prepare for the battle. It is God's job to win the battle. Proverbs 21 and 31 talks about being prepared. To paraphrase, you can go back and read these, make these notes under, uh, take these scriptures down under number four, but it says that we prepare the horse for the battle. God delivers the victory. Go back and read that, Proverbs 21 and 31. We 
<clears throat> excuse me, we prepare the horse for the battle to go to the battle, but God is the one that delivers the victory. Think about that. Use that as a reference to how God operates in your life. You're prepared. You show up. You're there to make it happen. But God is the one that brings and delivers the victory to you. Glory to God. So number five, Jesus made a way for us to have victory today. So his victory, or I should say this, our victory is Jesus's previous victory. Our new victory on a day-to-day basis is from Jesus's victory that he brought to us from years past. So turn with me into Colossians chapter two, Colossians chapter two, just a couple pages over Philippians, only one or two pages in your Bible, Colossians chapter two, verse 13 says, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. Who, who did he made, make alive together? You and me. Having been dead, he has made you alive together with him and having forgiven all your trespasses, having wiping, wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross and having disarmed now. So remember these, these what these, um, um, the the, uh, enemies that are in the midst of our battle. Remember we read in Ephesians six principalities, powers of darkness, rulers in the, in the dark places. So here he says now having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a open spectacle of them triumphing, triumphing over them in it. This is what our Jesus did for us. He made a public spectacle or, or, openly shamed them. I think one translation says openly shamed the enemy triumphing over them in it. And guess what? Go back a couple verses. You being dead in trespasses and uncircumcision in your flesh, he made alive together where with him. So now as he made a public spectacle over them, as he triumphs over the enemy, you get to triumph over the enemy because you're with him in it. So in the midst of the battle, don't forget, Jesus has already made a spectacle of the one that's fighting against you. These battles are not just because the world is the way the world is. That's what people have, have you know, got to in their mind. The reason these battles are the way they are is because the way the world is. Or the, way the, uh, the reason I'm facing battles, the reason I'm in the midst of these things. It's not because life is life. My pastor makes it clear to us in, uh, that at our church, it's not, quote, just life. There are principalities, powers, rulers in the darkness, wickedness in high places. There are wicked, evil forces. It's not spooky. It's not like the Hollywood display of things. But there is alive enemies working against you for your defeat. But the battle is the Lord's. He's given you victory. And because Jesus says in Colossians 2, because Jesus uh, made a spectacle and triumphed over them, you get to participate in that as well. Turn to Matthew 12 real quick, or you can write this note down and I'll read it to you. Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. Matthew 12 and 29 says this. How can one enter a strong man's house? This is Jesus speaking. How can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods? unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. 
Jesus is the one that bound the strong man, the enemy, against us, that was against us, that would cause defeat in your life, not just challenges. There's a difference between challenges and defeat. Just because you, you, you may feel like you're in defeat right now, remind yourself. You don't need to remind God. He knows. Remind yourself. The battle's not over. The war's not over. I'm a victor. So number five, Jesus made a way for us to have victory today. Number six, I want you to write this down. This is so important. You are more than a conqueror. Say that out loud. I am more than a conqueror. The Bible says in Romans, I believe it's Romans 8, 37. Romans 8 says that because of what Jesus did, we are more than conquerors. Let me read that to you. This is one of the most powerful verses that you can read in the entire word of God because of the meaning behind it. Romans chapter 8 and 37 says this. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Let me read it again. In all things, say all things, all things, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved us. What does it mean to be a conqueror? A conqueror means to have conquered, to have victory. What does more than a conqueror mean? More than a conqueror means you're experiencing victory from someone else who won the battle. Come on. We, we, me and you are more than conquerors because of the work that Jesus did for us. It wasn't work that we could do. We show up. That's all the, that's, that's the only thing we can get recognition for is we show up. We confess, we believe, we happen to believe the word of God, but because of the work that Jesus did, we get to be more than conquerors. You know, my, you know who, you know who else is a more like a good definition of of someone that's more than just a conqueror. That'd be like your child. Your child, my daughter, is more than a conqueror because of battles that I've already conquered for her. Now she gets to walk in victory. She gets to experience victory because of work that I did, because of work that Jesus did. Now you get to walk in victory in your life on a daily basis, even in challenges. You're more, see, conquerors can go through things and not lose hope and not feel defeated because they're more than just a conqueror. You've won victory, not at your own expense. At Jesus's expense, you've experienced victory now. That's why you're more than a conqueror. So number six, you're an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. I hope this helped you this morning. This was six points right at 6 a.m. for you to start your day, for you to study, go through, make these notes, and be sure to subscribe to my email list so that you can get these six points, 6 a.m. emailed directly to you, and you can be encouraged and go through them as well. As always, be sure to subscribe on the channel if you haven't liked this post and give it a share so other people can be a part of it. And thank you for everybody that supports and helps doing what we do. And I hope this encouraged you this morning. This was The Battle is the Lord's on uh on this beautiful day so i love you thankful for everybody that joins this morning tune into tomorrow's podcast it'll be the last one for this week tomorrow morning and then i've got a special episode friday coming out i'll let you know about that i'll send an email out but god bless you i love you and be encouraged in the lord and i'll see you on the next show have a great day bye-bye